Is machine translation going to take over the industry? Coming up. Hello and welcome back to the Freelanceverse. It is finally here. I can finally give you the video that so many of you have been asking about. Is AI going to steal our jobs? Uh, what's the future of translation? What's going to happen with MT? Is it still worth getting into the industry? These questions and more I'm going to address in this video. As I mentioned before, a lot of people have asked for this and uh, I'm going to mention a lot of references in this video. That's why it took so long to get it out. So I decided to just simply put a little uh, reference number down here in the corner whenever I'm referencing something. Uh, so it's easier for you to follow. If you want to look up the source, you can just check the respective numbers. So I don't always have to uh, cite the whole source in the, in the video. Now to address the elephant in the room straight away, is AI going to steal our jobs? My opinion, uh, yes. That's the short answer. <laughs> Obviously, in my opinion, uh, it's inevitable, but this is going to happen to every job, every industry uh, at one point, in my opinion. It is just a matter of time. It's just a matter of when. According to Ray Kurzweil, in fact, he's, a, he's an inventor and a, a futurist, very interesting personality. He's also the, the leading chief of, of engineering, I think, at Google at the moment. And his predictions tend to be very accurate. He's rarely wrong about future predictions. So if you can look him up in the description, it's a very interesting guy. And according to him, you know, our human minds, they can't even comprehend yet what's about to come in terms of technological advances in the next 30 to 50 years. So if we are not even physically able to comprehend what's happening so why would you worry about that that's kind of silly in my opinion right he even predicted that the state of singularity meaning the point at which our human mind and technology becomes one and the same thing uh, will happen as early as 2045 and that's not a long time from now and that's scary if you ask me but it's also intriguing and it kind of puts worrying about mt uh, into a whole other perspective, right? There's much bigger things at, at stake. But let's take a step back here. We're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. I think for us translators, it's really important uh, when we hear so much about machine translation and SMT, NMT, all these words, and it's really important that we know what we are talking about and what is being talked about. So just briefly speaking, there are three types of machine translation uh, over the years that, that came up. There, is, uh, there was the rule-based machine translation. This was the first uh, ever thing Thing that was created. This started in the 1950s. And then there was or still is statistical machine translation called SMT. Um, this came up in the 90s and was became then largely popular and largely used in different use cases in the early 2000s. And now the latest development is NMT, Neural Machine Translation, which started in kind of early middle uh, 2010s and became largely popular in 2016 when Google announced in a paper that they uh, now switch all their Google Translate algorithms to Neural Machine Translation. Now within NMT, there are different distinctions to be made uh, between recurrent neural networks, convolutional neural networks, but this then really gets in-depth and it's interesting. I really like to follow this stuff, but if you are, then you can check the links in the description. I'm not going to go into more in-depth into NMT. A quick comparison at this point between the two latest innovations, SMT and NMT. So SMT, as I said, stands for statistical machine translation, which obviously it works on calculations, right? It works on pro uh, based on probability of words and word phrases, uh, which then make up a model. For these probability predictions, you need to have a large corpora of, of words and word phrases, right? And while SMT is much cheaper than NMT, it's obvious which drawbacks it has, right? Because if you base language on, on uh, calculations, on numbers, it becomes too predictable. 
And that's not what you want in creative writing, essentially. Because what then happens, it becomes too word-centered, too centered in one specific word or one phrase, and it can't take into account the larger context of the, of the text, right? And this is where NMT comes in. Neural machine translation uh, is based on a neural network, similar to the one in, in a human brain, in, in your brain. It has different nodes that communicate with each other. NMT then uses these nodes to uh, create so-called word embeddings. It's like different uh, clusters of words that have similar context, similar meaning, or are just differently related. Sometimes you don't know how these clusters are being uh, formed. And this way, with all these cluster keys and word embeddings, it can then take into account, uh, to a certain extent, the context of a, of a text, right? That's why uh, machine translation has become so good in the last uh, couple of years. It can then also uh, address the long-lasting long dependency problem in MT, Especially in German, you often split verbs. You have one uh, aspect of the verb at the beginning and one at the end. And that's really hard for, for uh, machine translation for obvious reasons, right? Because it's technically the same word, but it has two parts in the same sentence. And there's a long dependency on this verb. And with these context cues, MT can take this into account and can translate these correctly. So NMT, what's important is it just takes into, into account past data to then uh, perform a prediction for future data. Basically what every kind of machine learning uh, model does, right? Machine learning, big data, AI, this whole industry is a huge industry. It's the, the, the machine learning industry is set to reach $100 billion market value in 2023, I think. Uh, that's insane. So obviously there's a lot of drive, a lot of uh, push from governments, from uh, big corporations behind it. And that's why the progression is so extremely fast, right? It's mind boggling. Things you say today are old news in a few weeks already. The latest trend in machine translation are so-called highly specialized domain-specific uh, machine translation models. So let's say you have a, a big corporation that works in the healthcare industry, for example. Uh, they can, uh, you know, have a custom uh, machine translation engine made for the healthcare system. And of course, when you're really focused on this specific domain and you feed it with, with uh, millions of, of word data, uh, this becomes very highly trained and very, uh, very efficient, very useful, practical for, for this corporation. Another huge progression that's taking place is the so-called adaptive MT. Adaptive in the sense that uh, the, the engine adapts itself based on already confirmed segments. So if you have a segment above, then the engine immediately recognizes the context, the words from this segment, works it into the engine, and the next segment could be changed based on the outcome of the previous segment. Of course, that's very flexible and very useful in some use cases. Now, having said all this, where does the translator come in in this whole story? Uh, I don't make this video to scare you off or to uh, not promoting a, a career in the language industry, not at all. Then I would have the wrong uh, YouTube channel, right? That's the whole thing I'm doing here. I want people to find their passion and what they're good at. And if it's the language industry, I really want you to follow this dream and get into it. I definitely think there is space for both human translators and machine translators uh, in the language industry. You know, the amount of data created at the moment daily is, it's literally unfathomable. I, I can't even, I, I think I read a stat in 2018, I'm gonna check the link and um, put the number here if you want to check it. This was 2018 and already back then, 90% of all the data created by humanity combined had been created in the past two years. 
And that was three years ago. So imagine, it's probably even crazier now. And imagine this incredible amount of data means that there's an incredible amount of data to be translated, right? And we should be happy for machines to be out there to help us with that because there's so much crap and so much noise out there that just doesn't need the attention of a translator. It's perfectly fine if this is just translated with machine translation because there wouldn't, need, there wouldn't be the the capabilities of even all human translators in the world combined to translate this data anyways. So what this then means that we can specialize on highly visible, uh, creative, uh, you know, highly engaging content that really needs a special eye for, for detail, consumer facing especially. And yet I see so many posts always on social media, you know, from just taking a sentence out of context and maybe putting it into Google Translate and then it comes out wrong. And then mocking MT and saying, you know, this is why machine translation will never replace us. Uh, this is nonsense, right? This is complete, uh, it doesn't make sense the comparison. They obviously don't understand the bigger picture, right? Because you can't compare a Google Translate tool that's free for everyone in the world to use with a highly trained domain-specific machine translation engine, right? That's not a comparison that makes sense. And of course, you can put a, a funny sentence into Google Translate and you can find it funny, but that's no proof at all that machines won't replace us. Anyways, I went a bit on a tangent here. That's not my, uh, my point that I want to make with this is don't try to compete with machines because you will lose. It's just a fact. Like we can't compete with machines. The computing power is just way, way outperforming our brains. What you need to do is be complementary next to the machines, right? And the, the valuable clients, the good clients, they realize that it's not about whether this is better, whether this is better machine, human, it doesn't matter. Instead, the key is for a company to know in which use cases a translator is needed, in which use cases you can use machine translation, or in which use cases a combination of it makes sense. When this content is not consumer facing, when it's just, uh, you know, garbage noise that you want to make sense of it, when it's internal communication that never sees the light of day outside, sure, use MT, I would probably do the same, you know, it's much cheaper. When it's highly visible though, when it's consumer facing, when it needs to be localized for a specific country or even a specific region within a country, you know, hyperlocalization becomes more and more common now. Or even with transcreation as well. So when you're actually not trans translating normally word for word, but you have a, maybe a joke or you have a, a lyric or whatever, you have a marketing slogan that needs to be localized to a spe specific locale, you need a human translator. And this is where we as translators need to focus on this specific niche. We don't want to translate the garbage. No one pays for that, right? We want to be language specialists that, are, that add value to a company. Plus, there is the, the, the added aspect of machine translation post-editing, right? That a huge new domain is coming up, like work for a lot of people consists now of post-editing. And there are still many colleagues that, you know, oppose uh, to this practice, which, you know, is fine. I don't really understand why you would oppose to it. I always say I just charge it by the hour and I see it as a normal proofreading uh, because then I don't have any problems with it. I don't have any drawback as long as I'm paid by the hour, right? Opposing it doesn't seem to make sense for me because if you think about it, the translators who opposed the computer re revolution back in the day, they, they didn't survive the switch, right? So if you don't, if you're not able to adapt, if you don't go with the flow, that's just life, right? It, it goes on. Like, so there's definitely room for both. Uh, actually, Tess Whitty wrote it perfectly in a blog post. I'm going to read this quick. Uh, she said, there's no need for MT and professional translators to remain at odds. There's plenty of room for both. I agree with that completely. What I just always recommend people is to really establish yourself as a language expert, language specialist, language consultant, whatever you want to call it. 
uh, don't like give yourself the label of strictly translator because that's that's not what you are, right? You are you're a localization expert is also a good one. And make sure you know at least a little bit about this technical aspect that I talked about before. Maybe just have give yourself a day or so to really familiarize yourself with this because it's important that we know what's what's going on in our industry, right? And when it comes to the point that translation is really not needed at all anymore, as I said earlier in this video, our mind can't really comprehend yet what's going to happen, so there's no point in even arguing if that's possible or not. Just when we get to this point uh, and the translation industry is completely done, there will always be a language industry, right? Uh, as long as there are humans, there will be a language industry because that's our means of communication. And I have no doubt at all that I will find my place within this language industry, whatever happens, right? You can also look at it that way. And that brings me kind of to my last point that I wanted to mention. I've been thinking about this a lot actually lately. I think we often, as humans, we often worry way too much about like, how can we optimize this? How can I optimize this outcome if I do this and this, you know? In 2016, when, when Google came out with this NMT paper, a huge uproar in the industry, of course, and I was in my master's in the Netherlands back then, and I attended two separate lectures that kind of promised, well promised, uh, predicted that translation will not be needed in the next five years. And uh, this could have scared me off, you know, this could have put me off from even following this career path at all. And uh, this was exactly five years from now and my business is still growing every year and there's still plenty of stuff going on in the translation industry, right? It's far from over. But that's not even my point. Even if it was over, even if these five years and now it would be over, I would still have done for five years of my life what I really enjoy, what I really want to do, right? So sometimes I feel like we can always change careers, you know? It's not that hard. If you have an education, if you have some kind of background to fall onto, it's really not that hard to change careers. So yeah, whenever people ask me like, are you not scared of machine translation? You will lose your job. Even if I lose my job, I will be fine. You know, I will just do something else. But I know that in this world of language specialist, language expert, I will perfectly find my place. So maybe just don't worry too much about it. You know, if, if this is your passion, if you love what you're doing, if, this, if you have the drive for it, um, if you are not scared to adapt, if you're flexible, uh, if you're creative and if you're good at what you do, then just go for it, really. There will always be a language industry. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? No one can predict it, but I will be there and it would be cool if you were also there. There you go. That's my take on, on uh, future fears of AI, etc. Uh, I hope this video makes sense. It was kind of hard to structure it all into one, one uh, concise video. I hope it wasn't too dark. I really wanted to show both sides, you know, that there is a big hope actually. The, the language industry is growing. The translation industry is growing. Globalization is becoming bigger, which is good for us, right? Uh, there's just endlessly more data to be localized. So um, sorry, my video cut out there just at the end. Make sure to subscribe to the channel if you like the video and I see you next Monday with another video. See you. Bye bye.